Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. It's spelled B L E A B. That's probably still why at episode 102. Uh, it reads uh, on your favorite podcasting platform. Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report as the name of this podcast. Um, again, that is not the name of the show, and I should go check whether they still do that, but I haven't. Even though we're at episode one oh two, which uh, I I I still can't believe, uh, which is crazy. Um, but enough of that, and on to this week's wonderful, wonderful guests. Uh, a, a founder of the Electric Comedy Fest. Uh, you know, um, I think, um, I mean, some people might say this ironically, and I do mean this very genuinely in a sweet way, uh, a beacon of love and light. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, please give it up for Val Duro, everybody. Thank you. This is so nice of you to have me on here. I love the Comedy Bureau. I've been using it since day one. What an awesome resource. Oh, thank you so much, Val. And I, I, I did not pay Val for that. This isn't like a cross promotional trade where she's on and then she just <laughs> oh, sings my so praises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How how is it going on International Women's Day during Women's History Month? That's what today is. I was like, there's something special today. I can't quite think. Is it someone's birthday? What's today? Right. And it shouldn't be your job to remember. No, but I do have something for this occasion. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. okay. Happy Women's Day. <laughs> Wait, do you always have a party favor on you at all times? Uh, no, that was actually just for Women's Month. So when people ask me how Women's Month's going, you could get the sound effect because this right. pretty much encapsulates what it's like to be a woman. <laughs> do you want to unpack that at all, Val? Uh, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot. Uh, uh, like, you know, to, to have that be the sum- summation of the woman's experience. Um, I was not expecting to unpack that, but it comes out like it's hot pink, it's sparkly, it's exciting, and then it's just this flat kind of. There you go. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners, it was a uh, hot pink uh, party favor. Yeah, it was indeed that. Um, but yeah, Burr. I, feel Burr. That. I, I feel that for sure. Yeah. 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 You feel that? You know, there's a wonderful comedian who just moved here from New York, uh, Sophie Santos, uh, who's a, a, a lesbian. And, you know, this isn't the first time uh, this sort of sentiment has been uh, uh, voiced to me. But uh, she, after talking for about 15 minutes, she's like, you, Jake, you got big lesbian energy and I love it. Hey, hey, wait, did you drop out? Oh, can you hear? Can you hear me? Okay, you totally glitched out, but I definitely got lesbian energy. There we go. There we go. Okay. Wait. Yeah, big lesbian energy. Yeah. 
great, great, great. <laughs> that was that was this moment went from like it dropped out. Oh, maybe I have to edit that to now. Your reaction is like, no, we're gonna keep all of it. We're gonna keep all of it. She said that to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I take that as a very high compliment. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But Val's laugh for a good 10 seconds. So I feel like that means that that sentiment is true. Yeah, I'm sweating. Actually, I got to take the coat off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 That. um, So I I mean, I I I've lived with a a woman for uh, almost three years. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, it's almost three years. It's it's coming up soon. Yeah. And like I uh, most of my friends that I hang out with a regular basis are women. And that is very intentional. Yeah. That I I think at some point it was accidental, but now it is clearly like intentional. Because we're the best like to hang. Yeah. Yeah. We're the best. Yeah. Uh, especially most most guys, even guys who are let's say, shall we say, progressive or dare we say, even woke, uh, they are still just like, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's cool. <laughs> Everything's cool. They don't talk a lot. Like, can I say, like, we like to talk. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's I love not- to talk. Yeah. I love to talk too because, and I love to listen because people like we're all experiencing this thing called life and everyone's on their own journey. And if you listen to the right people, they're kind of dropping clues for you to make life like a little easier, a little softer, a little funnier. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I would also credit, I think, uh, I, I don't know if I've met as very many people that listen as intently as you do. Well, you're fascinating and you did not pay me to say that either, but I'm just going to say like, it's rare to find cool people who are willing to experience life and then willing to share it and like Mm -hmm. willing to articulate and actually willing to drop some knowledge on. And especially with comedy too, like it's so fun to just talk about things or different performers coming up or where you're going to go that night, who's performing, why we should go watch them, like all this cool stuff. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So we're coming up on a week of the LA County mass mandate being gone, uh, which is almost a formality because it wasn't really enforced anyway. And uh, it was up to individual businesses to do that. And, oh, that was tough. And, and law enforcement didn't ticket anybody for not doing it. Um, just as a reminder to everybody. But um, it's definitely like a change in perspective and tone in terms of people's desire to go out. Um, how are you feeling at this oh, juncture? Thanks for asking. You know, these are things that we don't realize how much they affect us, but um, I feel great. I definitely love to get a good deep breath and uh, I will wear a mask if you want me to. Mm-hmm. Do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Like whatever makes you feel more uncomfortable, because if it's just me on my own accord, I will just kind of go normal because I like the sense of normalcy in it. And I don't like to teach, I don't like treating other people like 
you could be carrying an infectious disease. It's just right. a bad way to get off on the wrong foot. Right. And I don't think we are in like Michael Crichton territory anymore. <laughs> it was scary at first when we like two years ago, I can't believe this is your 102nd episode because it shows how much you could really do in two years. And I can't believe it. Like we are three, four days away from the anniversary of coronavirus. So we didn't know what was going on at first. Right. And right, at right. first, yeah, I was down to wear the mask. I was down to stay at home. I was down to do whatever you thought was necessary. Right. Yeah. Because there's so many question marks and all, all that you were seeing every day is like thousands of people dead. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to be like, oh, yellow, I, you know, like it's not your time. You need no. to be a part of this and just help not kill people. But after a couple months of being deemed non-essential and like wondering where's that check and just kind of <laughs> sitting at home, yeah. I kind of started to question the narrative and just kind of feel like, well, dang, why are we making so many sacrifices when the people actually making the rules aren't following these sacrifices? So for now, March 8th, 2022. I'm actually really happy that the mask mandates are gone. Right, right, right. Now, have you uh, uh, gone up or uh, changed your sort of uh, regimen in terms of going out, being amongst people? Uh, has that, or are you, a lot of people found that they're like, you know, actually I like staying at home and yeah. I think I'm going to continue to do that. Yeah. And, uh, and to those people, like, I'm glad you found yourself. Uh, please don't ask me to uh, copy you because I hate it. I hate <gasps> staying home yeah. so much. Yeah, like I'll be perfectly honest with you. April of 2020, the city of St. George, who owns the electric theater in the state of Utah, it's a government run building that I produce mm -hmm. out of. Mm -hmm. And they called me and they're like, hey, we were just wondering if you'd be interested in producing a show. April 2020. And I thought this is crazy like, i am living in a city where people are dressing up as shrubs to go outside like you just have right. no reason to be outside right now so right. i was using social media to pull the people following us on instagram asking would you be comfortable what kind of protocols and like utah for the most part was already out of that quarantine like a month after it started and so i've been for the past two years comparing the leadership of one state and another and just really finding myself in the middle of what works best because let's just be quite frank and honest mm -hmm. the mandates are bad for business and mm -hmm. it's too much for even one person to lose their life but if you're asking small mom and pop shops and businesses to enforce a law that's a whole job in itself and we don't have the resources to do it right right absolutely well mm -hmm. i mean i think that's one of the one of the worst things that Trump did, I, I think, I, I just as his ethos of his administration was like, you guys do it. That was this sort of like his whole thing, like, you know, I'm great, but you guys do it. And which, yeah. you know, there's no because of that, everyone did as they pleased. And there is no system of accountability. There is no baseline for anything. And any time that people tried something, they're like, well, you know, there is no idea of this sort of like, you know, back in World War II, like the war at home effort where everyone was supposed to join in. I love that analogy. Yeah. You know? um, so that's why it's been hard. And I, I mean, I get like 
people not enforcing st- i remember i think it was like this was like pre-vaccine uh i went to my laundromat that i go to and i uh i saw this woman and her child uh you know they were doing a load of laundry they were like drying them and then the kid couldn't have been older than eight and he was just r- running around screaming without a mask and the mom exasperated was trying to like get her kid to come back and i remember oh she took out her mask as well and i remember thinking like you know i'm not gonna add more stuff to her day i'm just gonna stand further away you know good for you because that's been the biggest problem in the whole aftermath is just the having a child and then like you'll bring them to a park they naturally want to play with kids and then the mom's like no 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 no. you can't play six feet away and then the kids are like ah what did i do wrong and hey mom can i do something speak of the devil (laughs) did you hear your name being summoned did you hear the word kid i think you heard the word kid Pardon, just one second. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Okay, come here, buddy. You can't open that. You know you can't open that. You're very lucky to be able to watch it. Excuse me, sir. We're gonna take a deep breath. Thank you. This is for Easter. Go to your room. I'm doing an interview. Appreciate you. Love you, buddy. (laughs) If you don't have kids, don't feel bad at all. Enjoy your free time. I, I don't. I don't. And I, I, I and I am very much resisting any, you know, I think we might have talked about this, how there there's this I feel like this coalition of parents that are just like, yeah, I get it. You're young. You enjoy your time. But you want kids. <laughs> like you'll you'll change your mind as they they I feel like it's this subconscious sort of agenda of like, no, we suffered. <laughs> So you have to suck. Yes, 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 yes. Because it's always those parents peer pressuring their kids into having. And then once they suffer, it's all of a sudden like the parent is at peace. Yeah. 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 And if you if you want to chide me for enjoying all my disposable income and free time, go right. Go right ahead. Go right ahead go right ahead it's the free time number one that's the number one thing i wish somebody told me like oh your life will change if you had a kid i'm like yeah yeah duh Mm -hmm. like i get it but the number one thing that changes is that there's no free time the kids are always there and to get your free time you may have to sacrifice your sleep right just in case for posterity reason he ends up listening to this you do love your son right Oh, yeah. Does it come across like I don't? No, no, it doesn't come across. But I feel like you could have easily veered into territory of like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like an inch away from there. You, you yeah, felt yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the sort of like, I feel like ha- having just from an outsider's perspective, like having kids seems like Stockholm syndrome where you just they're your captor and you start sympathizing with them <laughs> i almost looked that up and then i remembered yes that's what that is yeah it's not good <laughs> no but it's like even on a deeper level because it's like biologically um set up for that mm-hmm. mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. um you produce comedy and you do stand up as well do you talk about 
uh, your family or your children, anything like that? Yes, I have one son. I talk about him. I talk about being a mom. I talk about being a heathen. And Ooh, what, what is your flavor of heathen, huh? Oh, that's a great question. I haven't even peeled back the layer to rationalize that there are many flavors of heathen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that phrase has even ever been uttered. Yeah, that's the first time I thought of it, but it's a good phrase. What's your flavor of heathen? Well, I like, um, I mean, for me growing up in a place like Utah, where it's like a predominantly Mormon influence and at the time I wasn't Mormon it was really easy to rebel and just find kids who like to drink or smoke weed or other substances that could lead to that was my first flavor of heathen Mm -hmm. but the flavor that made me change my tune was the flavor of fornication which you see it happen everywhere in the world especially here in Hollywood and you just get inundated like especially as a young girl growing up in America inundated with these messages of like over sexuality or like this is what it means to be like an iconic woman right 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 but you don't realize growing up when you are a girl if you start to dress like that or act like that it attracts a lot of unwanted energy and Mm -hmm. I think it's all fun and games until that energy is at your doorstep and then you realize what exactly it is you engage with it you feel the aftermath of it and it's like kind of a bitter fruit right I've Yes. I feel like, though, there's circumstantial things that happen that invite that energy. It it shouldn't people. I mean, that's the whole reason that there's an annual, I think, internationally, like a slut walk. Are they still doing that? uh, I, 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 if they're not, it's because of COVID reasons. But other than that, I bet they still are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you should totally dress how you want um and like anything bad that happens should not be blamed on your choice of attire thanks i'm serious like thank goodness we have guys like you with this big lesbian energy to help the other crazy guys and Uh i'm so happy things are turning on that side too because there was a point in our history where that was perfectly acceptable and it was like whoa 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 you mean because i wore a skirt i invited all this here that's not the intention i didn't ask for that but um you know what it doesn't come across like at first off-putting like it's actually very flattered to be or seen as attractive right of course but there's like a persistence in the young male mind that is like hey 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 you want to hang out even when you're like oh yeah you want some some weed that's not what they wanted no no no, you know what i mean so you're right and there's unfortunately a level i believe where like I don't even know if that's truly what they wanted. They've been told that they, they've been told that that's what they wanted. Yeah. And they're like, well, I guess to define my worth as a man, I I have to want this or else I'm weird. Right. Thank you. I'm so, it's so refreshing. You said that. I don't know if you've seen that meme circulating Instagram, but it's about the girl that's like, hey, want to come over? My parents are out of town. And the guy's like, I just put on a 16 hour brisket. And in that one meme, I was just like, that's awesome that this meme could be an example to guys like you could prioritize your passions over any kind of like alluring temptation. Right. Absolutely. And you know, what's funny about like growing up, you mentioned that 
growing up in America and like being over sexualized. I mean, there's still lots of other parts of the world that think we're like puritanical in so many ways. Really? Yeah, I mean, mainly Europe. Yeah, they're really free. I'm not gonna lie. They look like they're having fun. Well, I think it's more, it, they are more free, but it's also more complex, you know? And I feel like there, there's even greater sort of complications in gender dynamics. Like it's more acceptable in France to have, um, you know, uh, an open relationship. That's not even what they call it, but like, uh, you know, to date other people while in a committed relationship, because, you know, uh, th there's this assumption that like you as a human being will want to have sex with more than one person, which, you know, I think that's, represents a good percentage of people that but that's not everybody mm -hmm. and uh so th that is like more you know a thing that I think people seek out when I mean it's just like it's all over the place and a part of living life is finding out what your thing is and how you want to yeah. do it and um finding people that jibe with that you know yeah yeah, yeah and keep it to yourself uh-huh <laughs> 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 um so you talk all, uh, all about that on stage huh yeah I talk about that I talk about my husband baptized me I wasn't Mormon I ended up being Mormon mm -hmm. I know I'm secretly being brainwashed but this is America everything is brainwashing right right I mean you know as long as you maintain <laughs> your own agency about it oh I love that you use the word agency have missionaries knocked on your door no. That is such I, an LDS word. It's all about your agency. Well, I mean, yeah, they given their past, they definitely need to use the word. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. So, oh man, that that I'm actually just cracking into that too because it's a whole other belief system and it's quite challenging to uh want to be open and willing to change but still like hanging on to the core of who you are, right. willing to let go of the things that no longer serve you, but also still having that hard, or not hard, but just like a real firm core of mm -hmm. deep down, because there's like, you know, women's month. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of misogyny. And even though the church says like men and women are equal, the actions don't manifest themselves in that way. Right, right. I mean, how many times is it the other way around where there's a wife that has a bunch of husbands? Yeah, um, hmm. maybe in like ancient North America matriarchal societies. I haven't heard of any modern. Have you? No, but Dev, I I was just even wondering in the Mormon community. I mean, you see, oh, no, like no, 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 you heathen, you hoe, how dare you? <laughs> oh, no. Well, that isn't equal then, is it? Thank you. Like perfect case in point. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, not that they need to make re like reboot big love to like have the flip of that, but there, <laughs> I, there should be, if it's about equality or you're striving for equality, then that should be totally acceptable, you know? You know, well, they did splinter off like when the federal government threatened the church to say no more polygamy or you're going to lose your tax exemption. Right. Then there was a revelation that we can't do that anymore. But there was like at least 10,000 members of the church who splintered off. And then that turned into that Warren Jeff's business in Hilldale, Colorado City. I don't know if you saw the document, Prophets Pray. We actually, Electric Comedy had one of the first 
comedy, actually the first comedy show ever in Hilldale, Colorado City. Wow. Yeah. And Sister Wives came, uh, ex-polygamist, modern, like tons of people. We actually uh-huh. had it in the house of Warren Jeff's brother, Lyle Jeffs. Where are you to bury the lead, Val? When they're what? Way to bury the lead. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, that is an idiom used to like, you know, that would be sort of the point of like, a, like the main point in a story that you might mention like in a headline, but you just like, you know, uh, buried it in <laughs> the bottom of the newspaper or inside. I'm new to colloquialisms. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bury the lead. Okay, cool. Yeah, we did. We've actually had three cents, Jake, and it is one of the greatest rooms in the world to work. I will invite you if you would like to come. Sure. Yeah, it's amazing. Like these people are so humble, so awesome, so ready for now and really inviting of different culture. Not everybody, but most people, they're just there to laugh. Right. And I bet I, a, I bet they don't get a bunch of comedy, but I be I wonder, OK, was there okay, was there like anything you're not supposed to talk about uh, at the event? Yeah. I mean, the one thing I'll tell you is that like some of the sister wives actually brought cocaine to share with some of the comments, which totally caught me off guard. <laughs> That's great. Well, it's not caffeine. I'm sorry, that was such a sinister laugh, but it's true. There's yeah. no caffeine. Uh-huh. Marijuana is barely being accepted, but you know, like if your sinuses are clogged, it, it'll help. <laughs> yeah, people don't people don't sing the praises of cocaine enough in regards to clearing out your sinuses. They don't. They're just recreational. It's like easy, guys. This could actually have some benefits to it. Sure. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I mean, how did that even happen, Val? So somebody had to tell me the next day, like the morning after, because when I'm doing a production, I'm in full production mode. There's at least 50 different plates spinning at one point in time. I'm just trying to make sure everything goes well. But the energy was so positive, so good. Everybody stayed after to hang out. We did it at what's called Zion Cliff Lodge. And so it's already built to house people, to lodge them. And so the after party carried just well into two or four in the morning. Oh, okay. Oh, I was asking about how did that that night at, you know, Hill City, Hilldale City? <laughs> I love that you asked that. So these people just slid in the DMs. They're like, hey, we want to do a giveaway and we're going to do one night at our lodge. And we're wondering if you wanted to partner it up with Two Tickets to Electric Comedy. And I said, of course, that would be great. I noticed you have a lodge near Zion. Would you ever be interested in having a comedy show there? And they said, yeah. So we started advertising. We sold out the whole lodge. Mm-hmm. And then when it was time for showtime, it was just a really great experience. So we've since been back. We've had three there and we wow. plan to have another one. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I want to ask one more question and then we'll get to some comedy news. Cool. Of course. Um, so you called yourself a heathen and we were on the journey of defining what that is. And then we've talked about LDS and you're a comedian in this uh, den of sin of Los Angeles. How do the how does the three reconcile each other? Oh, that's a great question. I'll have to put more thought into that. Mm-hmm. Um 
I mean, on surface level, gosh, comedy is honestly one of the greatest forms of expression. Los Angeles, I was born here, so it feels good to be home. Right. Um, Mormonism, I'm actually glad to have some sort of values and morals, because when I first heard those words, I actually had to Google, what are morals? And then I'm like, oh, what <laughs> are values? Wait, what are values? So being uh-huh. here, like, I'm so happy that I actually have that foundation in my life. And by that, it just means some guidelines, like for me to not like pledge allegiance to no longer fornicate has cleared a lot of clutter out of my life. A lot of distractions, a lot of unwanted energy, a lot of vampires, a lot of people I used to think about. And it was like, oh, I'm learning about energy and how people unconsciously wrap cords around you. So just kind of unraveling those cords over time. Mm -hmm. Like I love and like my spirituality does not really end at Mormonism. It's been great as far as like a worldly kind of veer from temptation but i found myself just in a good place in los angeles i'll just quickly tell you the biggest difference in my life before and after i got baptized i was broke a f i had two dollars in my bank account and knew i had to make a change and like somehow or another this came along my path and like ever since i committed to making good choices i don't even think about money anymore and that is another world yeah it is i mean that 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 is I think that is at the core of whatever we used to call the American dream. I don't know what it is now. <laughs> you know, I, I took yeah. a I, I took a lift the other day, and the lift driver was like, "I forgot how this came about," but he's like, he he said to me, "Oh yeah, that's the new golden rule: damned if you do, damned if you don't." And I'm like, "That's not. <laughs> no, it's not." Wait, what happened to treat people the way you want to be treated? Yeah, I know. I mentioned that. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's like the old one. But like, (laughs) it's wild out in these streets, man. And I'm like, damn, you've just given up, huh? It's wild in these streets. Treat people the way you want to be treated is the old one. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't I'm not arguing with them. It definitely, there's so much chaos where it's like to do the right thing in whatever your idea of what the right thing is has to be because you believe it's the right thing. And it's not even a matter of whether you think you're doing it for personal gain or not, uh, because so very, so few times will you actually get any sort of gain that you're trying to seek. Absolutely. And having like a good core foundation that is always that, not just whenever it's convenient for you or whenever like different people, depending on their morals or lack thereof, like you got to be real consistent with your, you know, how you're treating people and hopefully it's good. Right, right, right. Well, I want to, I want to finish getting the, the sort of uh, different flavors of heathen you are and i mean i think that's just fascinating because i don't think people who are you know practicing mormons would ever describe themselves as heathens. no because when you get baptized you forsake all that you're forgiven but it's such a part of my life and when comedy is concerned too if i do delve into that aspect i will say um i was baptized 
but I still have enough heathen in me to be relevant because people don't really like when you're happy, it's kind of like, uh, I don't care. But when you're living in the struggle, you have an opportunity to relate to more people and hopefully help them out of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I, the hope is that you have an understanding of this sort of like universal human struggle that we're all going, no matter who you are, what you, what you identify is, what your background is, is you're like, I'm really just trying to get by as me, you know? I'm trying to be me. I'm trying to pay my bills. I'm just trying to live a good life. Yeah. And I, that I'm really trying to not act out of malice towards anybody, but I mean, it's when people don't have their basic needs met and it yes. seems like it'll never be a never, it'll be a never ending debate as to what basic needs mean. Uh, that's when people act desperate and bad things. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But I would say as far as the flavors go, like those are the main two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Those really ruled my life for like a decade, 15 to 25. And then at 25, that's when I decided to make a change. Mm-hmm. And is that when you got into comedy too? Or were you in comedy before that? No. In fact, I've always been a really big fan of comedy. And oh, then I just got into comedy three years ago, half oh, of which wow. is a pandemic. So I don't know if I could really feel right about that, but. Yeah, I'm going to say it counts, but you know, everybody has their own you know, journey and path, however you want to define it, it is fine. Yeah. Also, I, I don't, it. it's okay. This adds color and context. Okay, good. <laughs> Part of the life, you know, when Part you become of, a parent. Also, I'm not going to edit all of that out. <laughs> it would be too much work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, comedy news, huh? Comedy news. As things legitimately reopen, you might want to, I don't know, go out. And if you go out, you might want to feel and look your best. And, you know, by proxy, take your health into your own hands. And that's why you might want to look into Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health and their life for good. They use a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on the Noom platform to help millions of folks meet their personal health goals. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique. Uh, Lord knows that not everyone can do two or three workouts a day. And what works for you isn't, you know, necessarily what's going to work for, you know, anybody else. And that's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible, focuses on your progress and not trying to be perfect, uh, allowing you to work towards goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom Weight users finished the program. More than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So, start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash Believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Believe. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V.
Okay, so we're going to jump around a little bit. Uh, first on the docket, uh, the Netflix series uh, produced by Mindy Kaling, Never Have I Ever, has just been renewed for its fourth season, which will also be its final season. Uh, and that will, I mean, that's another, I feel like Never Have I Ever, I feel like it had its start just before the pandemic. And I feel like that's how long it's been coming back on like how many episodes of this podcast have existed where it's like, we're in season four already. And the show is going to end. I thought like it was just started like a couple, like maybe last year. And that's not true. Of course. That time really got sucked in a wormhole. Yeah. Yeah. But that's exciting. I'm always rooting for her. I think she's doing really great things for comedy. I cannot say I've specifically watched the show, but as somebody with righteous desires to write four seasons and that's what you plan for and that's what you got. Good job. Right. Right. Uh, I think of the sort of way, this current wave of coming of age comedy movies and series uh, never have I ever is definitely one of the better ones. Oh, I love yeah. coming of age. Yeah, and I mean, there's a big issue. It's very much like here's here's a different uh, story of that represented. It's following a girl rather than a guy, and then it's following mm-hmm. a, a woman of color, somebody from you know the Manasa background, um, that is you know in their story uh, versus like you know just some lonely you know white boy uh, as licorice licorice pizza covered. Have you watched Licorice Pizza, Val? No, I've seen the bulletin flyers everywhere. And I keep asking myself, what is that? It's Paul Thomas Anderson's latest movie. And people loved it. And like, I watched it and I, so much of it is fun. But yeah. I there, there was this like underlying tension for me that was like, all right, this is just like this like, like horny teen boy who ends up getting what he wants because he wanted it. Okay, well, but, tell me but, something I don't know. I know exactly. It's just like and and there there is no answer to the question of and after that. Well, um, that answers why I haven't seen Licorice Pizza. So that's great. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, sure. The performances are great and the scenes are so fun and light and um, effervescent. But like still it's just i mean there are people who are critical of the movie saying that it doesn't have a story it's more of a slice of life it has a story but the story is Mm -hmm. incredibly basic it it is boiled down boy wants girl and boy gets girl that that's that's an interesting tidbit you just said that it's not like a life story but a slice of life that's a really important thing to keep in mind as a writer and what you're going for Right, right. And not that's not to say that slice of life stories or movies or TV shows can't be done. They, they can and they can be great, but really fun, um, yeah. 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 Um, so anyways, uh never have I ever uh, it will have its fourth and final season. Um, as to when that'll be yeah, maybe later this year, maybe next year, we'll see. Um it's exciting. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Disney Plus uh, ordered a, a new uh, uh, prop, uh, uh, series from the Muppet Cinematic Universe. Can we call that that yet? I don't know. <laughs> um, called Muppet Mayhem um, that will be led off by Lily Singh. Um, yeah, and that will be on Disney Plus. I wonder, I mean, so you, you're, you're a parent. 
like do you feel what are you what is your feeling about the Muppets these days is it like still for kids with some some tidbits that adults can enjoy does it actually like range with all ages or I mean in some cases there's some Pixar movies where I'm like this is for adults this is not <laughs> it's animated so kids can watch it but like damn yeah this seems not for them well, you're absolutely right with Pixar. I feel like they are real leaders, real pioneers in that whole realm of bringing a whole family together around a show and doing a good job at it. Right. The Muppets, not so much. And trust me, I used to love Kermit the Frog. Uh-huh. I had some friends with the Miss Piggy complex. Like right. I used to love Muppet babies growing up and so badly wish they would just show Nanny's face, you know, right, like my right, whole right. life. But now I can't say that they pop on our radar Mm -hmm. and I I don't know actually maybe Jim Henson production produces a show called word party and that's a really really good show for kids but as far as like the Muppets I definitely like my son is not as subscribed to them as I was as a child right so what is your son into these days Good question. And before I forget, I just want to say that's awesome that Disney kind of, you know, lassoed them in because they're obviously successful and that will keep them up. It's live for another decade. But yeah. yeah. And maybe reintroduce them to a whole new audience as with like the office is continues to the American version continues to be one of the most popular comedy series yeah. of all time oh, yeah. because of its existence on streaming. There's yeah. whole other generations that weren't even around necessarily. Oh, yeah. That are like, so like, I mean, Billie Eilish, it's like her favorite show. And like, you know, given her age, I'm like, well, you weren't, you weren't watching the premiere when it came out. You were seven, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's sort of like the, the, the upside and beauty of streaming is that like it can exist in a very easily accessible way rather than. What was the way that we had to watch old TV shows when we were growing up? You had to watch like um, TV. How broke were you? Okay. Because you either had an antenna or you actually had a remote that you could. It was all TV though. Only TV. And that was it. Right. And you just had to luck into like, maybe that's what's on. Yeah. And I love that you said that about streaming because do you want to know what my five-year-old son is really into? Yeah. What is he into? The Simpsons. Wow. Like current <laughs> Simpsons or like any Simpsons? We're starting day one, like first season. Blasting through the episodes. Wow. It, it, wow. That's amazing. And especially if you go back now and watch season one, it's very jarring because Homer does not sound like Homer. <laughs> no, but you come to appreciate like the simplicity of the episodes. Like you could put yourself in the writer room and see what the pitch was like. Okay. On this episode of the Simpsons, the family's going to get a dog. Right, and right, it's right. so awesome. Like I didn't appreciate Simpsons. Like I, I loved it growing up, but I didn't know all that it was about. Right. Right. Right, right. Now that I'm revisiting season one as an adult, I'm like, this show is brilliant. Right. And how, so how far have you made it? Because I think there's like 27, 28 seasons, something like that. <laughs> we just barely like, we just barely got the Disney plus subscription. So we are on season two. Wow. Cool. <laughs> it, it, and you'll see, oh man, that's like an exciting journey to go on because like the voices get better. The animation gets better. And then the jokes, they actually, I wouldn't say the jokes get better so much as like they pack more jokes in. Yeah. Like in those early seasons, it's very simple and like, 
I feel like when you start hitting like season seven is when it's like, oh, you have like, (laughs) like three or four different storylines going on here. You know, I never like, I was, we were young. Like, so you must've seen it again and again as an adult, right? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, also it's like arguably my job to professionally watch and analyze comedy. (laughs) So I do (laughs) think about these things. They do such a great job. It is such a fun journey to go on as a family. And I love that it's a show we all can enjoy. So Simpsons, number one, always forever. Right. Uh, Well, I wonder, are you going to have a conversation with them about Apu? You know, (laughs) of course, absolutely. A poo. Yeah. Hell yeah. We'll have that conversation. Yeah. 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 Because that is uh, I mean, you know, the Simpsons have lasted so long and have gotten so popular that it it, I feel like them and SNL and there are a few other things like that where they they gained so much prominence for being like both accessible and subversive. Mm-hmm. And now they're at a point where it's like really hard for them to be subversive because they are the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I'll have to think about that at least for four more hours after this phone call. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like like they they they're they're sort of back and forth with uh, uh, the discussion about a, a poo, even with Hank Azaria like publicly going on late night and being like. I don't need to do it. I'm fine with not doing it. Let, let somebody else do it. Like it, I, I, I have like stepped back, thought about it, you know, worked on myself. And, and then like, if they want to have somebody else do it, that's totally great. I shouldn't be doing it really, you know? Yeah, that's major. And then the showrunners were like, mm, we're already here. So no. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I love when everyone stands up for their own truth, because that's when things really change and really shift perceptions. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that The Simpsons isn't still like, 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 oh, man, they're really cranking it out even at now, you know. But uh, it's not like, you know, what subversive is, what what is sort of like disrupting and like making noise. I mean, it's always like, you know, it's newer things that are nothing like what, you know, The Simpsons is now. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, and we're in comedy. Can I ask you a question? By all means. Okay, so, you know, we're on this topic. If things are flaring up left and right as far as subversive, offensive, where do you stand or draw the line? Like, a lot of people are like, oh, it'd be so hard to do comedy now. I'd be afraid to get canceled. What's Uh your response to that? My response to cancel culture, oh, I should just, like, you know, type this out and print it on, like, a five-by-eight card to hand to people because I get this asked so much. I'm not, this is, it's fine. It's fine that you asked. It's this, but. fine. It's, it's, it's not fine, but I'll tell you. <laughs> no, truly it is okay. I, I mean, uh, this is my line is first off free speech goes both ways. Okay. So you are, you are allowed to say whatever you want, but also people are allowed to say whatever they want about what you said. And that's how yeah. that works. Okay. And that is doubly true in comedy. Like, so you, you're, you're getting creative license to say terrible things, quote unquote, terrible things in, in the spirit of comedy. 
um, and for for an audience for it to be received, to, to be consumed and hopefully enjoyed. And and those people watching consuming it are also again allowed to feel however they want to feel about it. And you know, not all art is for everybody, and all art is going to bring out different different reactions for different people. Like, you know, if you've gone through a specific type of trauma and you're at a certain part of that journey with that trauma, there mm-hmm. could be things that are triggering to you that aren't triggering to everybody else. I... Is that in, do your, now this is the important part. Do you, does your feelings invalidate the existence or the truth of that uh, piece of art, the joke, the bit or whatever? Absolutely not. It just is like, this is what this makes me feel. And I think there's a disconnect when people are like, oh, we should cancel it because it makes this person feel bad. No, it's just like, it makes somebody feel bad. I mean, and I remember, oh, so like pre-pandemic, my, my, like I had this personal sort of, you know, kind of jokey line about, um, you know, what upsets me, what offends me is like really hacky wordplay that isn't even mm-hmm. done ironically. Like you're really just like, it's like dad jokes but you're yeah. being delivered on like a live comedy show in person. Mm-hmm. Like that would personally offend me. Like how dare you, dare you waste my time, you know, but for other people, they don't care. You know, um, I, the, the first sort of shows that I was watching out of lockdown, like in person, I remember that I, if no one really mentioned COVID in any way, I would get upset. And, you know, that's not to say that I want them, I'm not telling, I don't want to tell the people on stage performing like what they should say, but that's just my feeling about it. And so um, that's all to come to say that when it comes to sort of cancel cancellation, cancel culture, Mm -hmm. I think people should still be allowed to do comedy about whatever they want, but they have to do it understanding people can feel and express however they want about their comedy. And that expression isn't quote unquote cancellation. When there are people that should be canceled, like Cosby, like absolutely get rid of that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And like the idea that, all right, so like the Supreme Court um, said they're they're not going to hear uh, this appeal to revisit the case because of this weird loophole of that he his the, he had, uh, uh, issued testimony that was uh, under um, protection of self incrimination and so you know uh, he admitted to what he did that he has not been exonerated from that at all so mm-hmm. everyone knows but he mm-hmm. still gets to walk free because they cut a deal mm-hmm. yeah. Which is, I mean, that we should let him um, wither away uh, without any voice or stage. I mean, if that's the only accountability that we have left for Cosby, yeah. which it, it should be. But um, like, like, okay, that is a person that should actually like be like, you know, canceled in the definitive sense. But the idea that like somebody is just saying that they didn't like something and giving some explanation as to why, that is not saying that you can't say that. Um, even if they're expressing the sentiment like you can't say that, the idea that you just said it means that you're still being able to say that. And that further along, it, it, I mean, as opposed to 
Russia just passed a law that if you, as a, a news broadcaster, even refer to their special military operation as the Ukrainian war or the word war, that is a crime. That their is now, special military operation? Yes. That's, that's a what, nice way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they, the, the troops that are on the boots on the ground that are sent to Ukraine are, are peacekeepers. Peacekeepers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Just killing innocent. You know, yeah. That's why I blow that little horn. You know what I mean? Like as a woman, like we clearly have a lot of power in our ability to recreate humankind. But when you see stuff like this happening, it's so not the way. And I know that's a personal preference, but you cannot in good conscience as a male leader, mm-hmm. call your mission, a special military, whatever, and that these are peacekeepers. Like, I'm tired of your way, man. You're done. Get You're out. Done. You are so done. You're Absolutely. done. Yeah. You're done. I mean, honestly, I mean, at the risk of sounding insensitive, when I first heard about the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, by Putin, I my knee-jerk reaction was like, how hack? <laughs> That's terrible. It's it terrible. Yeah, it's, it's so like, true. that's dude, that's so like 2008, like we do cyber attacks now. That's what we, uh, everybody does now. Like this, like expected this out of you, Putin, your hack. This dick measuring contest of like, look how strong and dominant I am. Like how lame, dude. Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, I know we didn't want to go like, I, I never mind. We didn't even talk about this, but like long story short too, though, like we're going to put some sanctions on him now, buddy. you need to like muscle up a little harder and do something mm-hmm. to help out a little more there. Mm-hmm. God forbid we risk anybody's lives. But at the end of the day, like stop with your, <laughs> we've always been like a, you know, we invest in our military. Now when there's some real military stuff going on around the world, Oh, we're just going to put some sanctions on them. Like it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? We got to put in the elbow grease. Not to mention that um, it doesn't seem that Putin cares about um, sanctions. sanctions or his, I mean, like the Russian economy is devastated and the ruble doesn't mean it isn't worth anything anymore. And like, it's affecting a lot of Russian people that He aren't, doesn't care. Yeah, this is, a, this is not a mandate from the people to take over Ukraine. This is yeah. Putin, you know, wanting the, the he sort of, mourning the dissolution of the USSR and like all the territories that the yeah. Russia used to have and just and, and just wanting them back that's it that's it you know it's god bless like i remember when trump got office he was launching a campaign out of utah saying these people want to give us their national parks for oil and shale and like no we don't they're like yes this specific group of people really does and i'm like (laughs) wow and that specific group happens to be these cowboys who have cameras who are launching social media campaigns but like wait a minute though like if you look at the actual location russia all that stuff that was happening, looking at the locations, like right. 2020, mm-hmm. that was all Russia. That was crazy, wasn't it? it was really they gotta crazy. go. I'm sorry. I never yeah. thought I felt this way. I've really avoided the Ukraine conversation up to this point, just praying for these innocent people out there. Absolutely. 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 People that are like, they're not even um, conscripting people for military service. People are literally just like, I got to defend my home. Yeah. You know, it's it's at my doorstep, you know, at the end of the day, 
We all better prepare, Jake. Are you prepared? <laughs> Overly. Are you really? Yeah, I mean, for if people want to come at me for the, I mean, I'll explain. <laughs> why, but I'm like, I'm a gun owner. Like, I own four guns. I love to hear that. Yeah, I and they're stored away responsibly, and they're separate from the ammunition and all that. But uh, yeah, I and I did not that I actively chose to do this, but I was like, I trained in martial arts for every year as a kid up until like high school, I think. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm actually, this is the thing I talk about in therapy sometimes. Of I love like, this. I am somewhat af- afraid if somebody pushes me past a certain point, like, I don't know if I, I could come back from that in like fighting them. You know what I mean? That there's like a point at which, you know, people who are uh, soldiers, yeah, you're pushed to have like a killer instinct because that's like the point of it when you're in war, you know. Oh, please. And that's why there's such like um, you have to take care of people that come back from being deployed because they're really never do. the same. They're never you the really same. Have to take care of them. So, Jake, you're saying like if someone pushes you too far, you might like just judo chop and like break their neck or something. Punch them in the throat. <laughs> that's that's where you go right right yeah i mean like that i mean already that would incapacitate them but i mean like you know if you do it enough times like who's to say what would happen to them you know hilarious i had no idea you trained in martial arts and like you are a semi-proud gun owner (laughs) yeah so uh you know Oh, and I have like certain life skills <laughs> that are like valuable and the idea of a post-apocalypse. But I also feel the way of like, I was mentioning this to somebody last night, you know, post-apocalypse has the word apocalypse in it, which is like yeah. the end of all things. Yeah. And I, I, I don't want to stick around after that. I just, you know, I, I'm, okay. I'm cool with going into the end. I don't need to be a post-credit scene for this movie. <laughs> amen i'm willing to get engaged in the battle but after that i'm like well i i mean i have been collecting seeds mm-hmm. but <laughs> it just depends who's around if i wanna yeah we'll see we'll see when the time we'll cross that bridge when we get there right but the question remains is there going to be a comedy festival <laughs> <laughs> after all of that <sighs> that's a great question um mm-hmm. speaking time will tell and I actually have tickets today to go see Je- Just for Laughs characters at Dynasty Typewriter. Oh, fun. They're yeah. very fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's that time of year again, folks, where the uh, Just for Laughs Montreal Comedy and Arts Festival uh, is doing their nationwide search for the new faces of comedy. Uh, I mean, this isn't copy that is written anywhere. This is just it feels book. like it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, that they'll, if I remember correctly, based off of what they're going now, they're gonna have stand ups, they're gonna have characters, they're gonna have creators, which is like sketch people and people that make short films. And then, um, there, they, there's like uh, specific Canadians new faces, like uh, here are the Canadian new faces because. JFL is based out of Canada. And the competition for America was too thick, so they had to get their own category, or? It, it usually is. Even though some of the funniest people I know are from Toronto. Canadians and, are great. And Vancouver. I mean, they 
they all end up moving out here. They do. Definitely. Yeah, because there's there is a very there's a certain level of ceiling that they hit you can hit very quickly. And then mm-hmm. it's just like, well, you know, even though it might be harder, there's a potential to make more money and have a bigger career doing comedy in any sort of regard down in America. Anything, right? Look at Drake. Yeah, look at Drake. But I mean, you know, for comedy, look at Nathan Fielder. Mm-hmm. Look at um, Katie Crown. You know Katie Crown? I don't, but I'll look her up. She's one of the head writers at Bob's Burgers. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, but she, she's Canadian, you know? Um, you know who else is actually cropping up? You gave me a tip to go see Girl God, and I saw that they have their own Netflix as a joke show at the yeah. festival. Yes, yeah. they are great. I don't know if April or Grace are Canadian. I think Grace is like from Michigan or something. Oh, yeah, I pretended like that was a segue, and it wasn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's... All good. It is all good. I mean, you know, Michigan touch, touch, touch. I mean, like the accents are almost the same. Um, <laughs> I think your parson, although Grace, Grace has lived long enough. Uh, I think out here, where I, I don't know, there, there's a Minnesota affect. Also, yeah, Girl God is amazing and so funny. Um, the Comedy Bureau like helped the pack do a their. A, a reopening night and I had Girl God on and they they're they're this great trans woman comedy sketch duo that's just so uh in, insanely funny dang it I missed that show at the pack theater yes it was kind of put together last I was it, it what happened was that the pack uh their their booker ad Royce uh Shockley Royce. Uh, Royce, yes. Uh, he reached out to me, I think, like a week and a half before, like, hey, do you, can you help us, like, book some, like, more established stand-ups to help with the reopening? I am like, sure. And I did that. And they're like, do you just want to call this, like, last hour that we're doing of these three, this three-hour window, like, the Comedy Bureau presents? I'm like, sure. Love it. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, it was all kind of put together last minute. So that's, uh, I mean, like, I, I was not even on the show. If there's another one, let me know. I'd really like to go. Sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, here's a great time to plug. I, I think May 18th, uh, I at slash the Comedy Bureau will be doing a show at the Townhouse in Venice. Love that venue. Uh, Val, Val's writing this down when I'm totally going to text her. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Um, haven't booked anybody yet, but it'll be a great lineup per use. Um, per use. And uh, yeah, I'll probably host. Um, anyways, uh, let's, okay, last, last item of news. The Spirit Awards was uh, this weekend. Uh, they reverted back to uh, an in-person event. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's cameo number three for your son. He's, he, he's like, how long have you been on this call? <laughs> no free time. No free time. No free time. While while the Oscars often look down on comedy as a sort of second citizen art form, uh, the Spirit Awards do not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the John Cassavetes Award, which uh, uh, recognizes excellence in like uh, micro budget filmmaking, uh, gave uh, it was awarded to Shiva Baby. Oh, nice. Yes, which is a great, 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 very funny dark comedy um, from Emma Seligman. Uh, yeah, starring, starring Rachel Sennett. Um, yes, 
now living out here is very, very funny. Um, as I guess these fall into dramedy categories, but best male lead went to Simon Rex for like Red Rocket, Taylor Page won best female lead for Zola, uh, the movie that was adapted from a uh, tweet thread, a Twitter thread. Um, Coda, uh, the best supporting male uh, actor went to Troy Kutzer, who plays the father of Amelia Jones. And let's see, I think there's like one more that's like comedy. Um, oh, yes. The uh, best new scripted series and best ensemble cast in a scripted series went to Reservation Dogs uh, by Sterling Harjo, uh, co-created by, uh, with Taika Waititi. Congratulations. You know, people work so hard, especially these micro budgets. And how cool is it that you could yeah. get acknowledged for those things? Did you see Shiva, baby? So I started sound- to, but it opens with like kind of, you know, some fornication and it, not kind of, it straight up does. It straight up does. So it lost me, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm still rooting for that girl. It's It's really, really funny. And I don't think there's any sex after that. If that helps you at all. Yeah, Yeah, I'll fast forward and get through it because I've read great reviews about it. I think the cinematography looks good and it looks like I'm always rooting for a comedian who gets there because I know how much work that takes. Right, right, right. So uh, that's it for news. Now back to back to you. Uh, What was it like? I mean, like venturing out and starting a comedy festival during this monumental time that none of us Uh, will ever forget. Even though the rest of the country doesn't want to hear how sunny in Los Angeles it is right now, that doesn't save Angelinos from it being very dry. It's still kind of a desert out here. So with that in mind, you might want to quench that try dry skin and it might be so thirsty and leaving it feeling very smooth with way melrose place body cream it's fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most and it has hydration that lasts uh thanks to high quality nourishing ingredients like squalane coconut oil kupuasu butter and coconut oil Experience the new way Melrose Place body cream and body cleanser, your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use Believe to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, code Believe. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. I hope you would know that by now. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I really wanted to start a festival to bring and literally gather people in Zion, like knowing kind of the depression or mental level Uh of life in the big city, living in Los Angeles and having the personal freedom to just drive six hours away. It started with that intention to really bring a lot of people to a nice, open, beautiful outdoor space. And I will say 
that the nature events really held up a hundred percent core aligned with the mission, intention, good values, and like spirit felt. Yeah, go ahead. Where is it? It was the other parts, like the human element of just ego like do everyone a favor in comedy and drop your ego none of you bitches are famous okay even if you think you're famous everybody deserves to be humble because it's so much easier to work with people who are humble like if you're oh go ahead oh the and even the actually famous people the people that lean into their fame as a way of like now that's my identity i'm famous yeah no people hate that no, like wait, 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 people hate. Yeah, the best famous people are like you know they 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 retain their humility. Yeah, like they, Brad Pitt, I've heard. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Jerry O'Connell is one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even like you know this might kind of, kind of come to a, as a shock to some, but Bill Burr. Um, despite, he is you know, humble. He's very very humble. Super humble. So I had a once in a lifetime opportunity to see him as a celebrity, like a random drop in at Bar Lubish. I was there to see Rosebud Baker. She didn't show up, but who showed up? Bilber, even better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then he hung out too. I was like, wait, I like went out after the show because there's people like mad trying to trail and follow him out. So right, I was like, right. oh, I don't want to be one of those people, but dang, I'd love to love the chance to meet him, right? Right. He was yeah. still hanging out after the show front door hanging I'm like you're still here crazy yeah Yeah, absolutely I just remember seeing him like you know for somebody at his level like he'll go to a club and talk to the sound guy or whoever's hosting the show like hey can I get some time and uh you know that's how those celebrity drop-ins happen at comedy clubs the comedy clubs advertise um but he uh whoever's in charge of it at the time they're like ah you know actually we're kind of like you know just too many people on the lineup and we have a hard out and uh yeah you know i i don't think we can give you enough time as much as you want yeah and he's like yeah you know i guess this is not my name all right wow whereas there are other people at his level that it would be divas about it he's tip top for me like he's tip tip top of the pyramid for me Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Absolutely. So, uh, you know, be, comics, be humble. Uh, be humble. Be uh-huh. appreciative. Right, right. I feel like you were going to go down a list of something. And you're, <laughs> is that, were you not doing that? Be humble, be appreciative, and be funny. What happened at the last festival was I just got a lot of, like, real lower vibrating energy, which makes me check myself and routine, freshen up and do things I will never do again. Like, at the time, my father-in-law died, so I really was in a low place and just really juggling a lot, just Mm -hmm. really being there for other people. But one thing I did last year that I will not do should I ever do this again is overextend myself. Like I need at least three more people doing my job. Oh yeah. That can really answer the specific tasks. One of which answering people's stupid fucking questions because they are, re- I can't trifle with you hoes. Like don't waste my time asking if Zion national park is included in your festival admission fee. It's not even the same price. Your festival admission fee was cheaper. Support your national parks, bitch. That's all I have to yeah. say. <laughs> I think after you are, let's put it at 22, after 
you're 22, there are stupid questions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they all root. Here's the key. If your question is rooted in an assumption, just remember, assumption is a thought error. Your assumption is not somebody else's motive, intention, or assumption as well. Right. There might not even be an assumption from another person. Stop yeah. assuming shit. Stop assuming. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's wild to think of. Uh, that would be like, you know, you do, um, let's say like, <laughs> I think, yeah, this would be a good comparison. Like so, some like new upstart comedy festival in Orange County and somebody has, like, do I get a, do I get a free pass to Disneyland? There you go. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why are you trying to put that on me? And why are you wasting my time with that question? Work on your set and just be funny. Okay. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. So Jake, you asked, is there going to be another festival? And here's the game plan. I am going to a lot of good festivals this year and I'm going to take notes and I'm going to really let it simmer in. I'm going to reach out to the city to see if I could get more support and more funding. And if that's the case, then yes, absolutely. But if not, I never had to do this. Like my peace of mind means way more to me than keeping up on images and appearances. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, What festivals are you going to go to? I'm definitely going to Netflix as a joke. Sure. That's in town. Uh, uh Uh-huh. And then... I'm going to go to the Laugh After Dark Festival. It's the very first time they're ever doing it. It's going to be in Las Vegas this year. Right. Um, I was, I had righteous desires to go to South by Southwest until I saw the ticket price. And Mm -hmm. the ticket price combined with how long it is, combined with paying for lodging for the length of that, it's just too much for what that is. Although someday I will go. Sure. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, so that that one, um, I'm trying to go to Moon Tower this year. Okay, that'd be great. And the New York film, I mean the New York Comedy Festival. Okay, very cool. That's a good. I would I would try to toss in High Plains in there as well. Ooh, what that's, is it? High Plains. High Plains. That's Denver's big comedy festival. That's close too. That'll be cool. Yeah, and it's 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 still like it's not still it it's run by cool people, and it's still like. It hasn't gotten so big yet that it's like, mm-hmm. there's a better word for this, but ruined. Um, yeah, because to be honest, South by Southwest, I was like, bitch, your tickets are $1,500. That's not even for the people. Oh, yeah. Well, they don't even sell tickets, I don't think. they. It's all passes. And oh, passes. yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Festival pass. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even with that, like, there's a point at which, like, Coachella was like, like, just, uh legitimately uh just cool Mm -hmm. and now it's now it's a mainstream thing well it's cnbc and what are you gonna wear hopefully new york times will take the photograph of your outfit just to say here's a streetwear at coachella and that's the kind of when it invites that kind of energy it's not cool anymore right right and uh you know like the acts that would have been in a certain size typeface are now in a smaller typeface yeah and now because like you know the biggest acts in the world play coachella well it's all about the typeface yeah if you didn't know so uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> just read the fine print there's the moral of the story read the fine print um so you did the electric comedy fest twice 
once twice i did a summer i did a winter and if i do it again i'll keep it summer mm -hmm. it's just nicer to enjoy the region at that time absolutely absolutely and there is something i think kind of uh i don't know adorable that um yeah you want to gather people in zion for for this sort of community and that is the whole goal of the matrix trilogy oh is it really so the underground city where everybody lives is named Zion. No way. Yes. To save no you some, way. To save you time from watching the two not good ones. Yeah. 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 And don't watch the don't watch the don't watch the, the reboot. No, it's it's a it's a legitimate sequel. The Matrix uh, Resurrections. Mm -hmm. Don't don't you don't you don't need to don't watch it. Okay, I'll take it as a no. Yeah. Don't watch it. It's always, it's like, oh, you, um, this is like kind of the same. And then we don't even get that in the degree that we want it. Well, darn, that's always a disappointment with a sequel. It's probably why I didn't see it. Yeah. But if it's still on HBO Max, good, you know, you can go stream it there and it's not, you know. Um, what would you what would you say do you, i mean do you, you have any words of wisdom for people that are looking to venture to start a comedy festival or be engaged in a comedy festival in any way uh start with the show that's where i started i started electric comedy out of the electric theater get yourself a good location you've heard it before and there's a reason location 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 that location needs to be awe-inspiring. Right. Maybe not, like, and there's a lot of people who compromise. Like, I'm not kidding. Around LA, you go to so many shows, you're like, wait, where's the location? Mm -hmm. And then you have to go, like, the back of a car garage, and then it's, like, some backyard, uh -huh. and don't do that. I'm sorry. Like, it works for some people, and, like, here's me needing to be humble, right? Right. But from a consumer point of view, because I started as a consumer of comedy. I love comedy. You need to be able to drive up to a location and know you have arrived and you should feel good. Like a night on the town, like this location should inspire people to dress up. It's okay if you come as you are always, right. but it's even better when people want to make a night out of your comedy event. Right, 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 right. So the festival started with me wanting to gather in Zion, but last year I had two dates at the electric theater every month. And then I had three in December and I was like, what is the best thing I could do to really utilize this time? And it was having a festival, but that's not a good enough motivation. You need a good purpose. Gathering in Zion is a way better purpose than, oh, I've got three days. I should just fill the time for that. Right to lead to compromises you don't ever want and here's the other thing last piece of advice like life is full of compromises mm -hmm. but you never want to compromise in the name of entertainment in the name of yourself and in the name of the art of stand-up comedy right take the time to look at your set, to go over your jokes, to feel absolutely great about them, to know your pivot points and to know that no matter how the crowd reacts, it was a message that you cared to share. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're doing this in any degree to sort of like pass the time or this is just like nice, 
It's not nice. It's it's, it's not nice. Far it's from a, it. Oh, very, very. Mm-hmm. And that is, again, that was a beacon of love and light. And that's her saying that. I never called myself a beacon of love and light. I mean, yeah, good. Because I feel that people who self-identify that, I become suspicious. But like... Thank you. A disclaimer. You said it. Not I me. Said, I said it. Yeah, but I do. I do believe that, you know? Thank you. That lights me up even more because it is hard in this industry, as you very well know, even when you're doing good, even when you think you have friends, like those people really aren't your friends, nor do they want to be happy for you if you're more successful than them. So you really need to know yourself. Right. Or even if, well, also like, even if they are your friends, Mm -hmm. there's like everybody, I mean, this industry runs you ragged so much that it's ragged. you can't like, so in so few instances can you even be in a position to actually help anybody you know I want to say this too because I always felt with social media coming into our lives like I've always been up to responding to people and like letting them know I really care that they even care about anything I do Mm -hmm. but when you're actually doing it And when you start producing shows, when you want to present yourself as a performer and when you book your own lineups, you pay for your own travel, all this stuff, like it gets really hard to keep up on something like liking likes or comments or everything. So never take that personal ever, ever, ever. Like that's my biggest life lesson. And I hope that if somebody follows or subscribes or says something and I don't respond, it is not out of any sense of guile, but like, bitch is busy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and the amount of likes or retweets or whatever it is, is just Mm -hmm. a reflection of how busy you are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, not that you even need an answer for this, but going sort of stepping back into the macro and this sort of grand looking forward, let's say uh, you, t- you go to these comedy festivals, you take notes, um, you feel good about in, in a good place to do another one. Um, would you want to go forward being both a producer and a comedian or would you want to lean more into that? Or like, what, what do you envision for yourself if you envision anything at all? And it's also fun if you don't. Great question. I love to host electric comedy events so that everybody knows where I stand as a brand. Mm-hmm. I would love to just do one show, but that's it. I don't need to be in more than that like I was that at this last first festival I did I really put myself behind as a performer and it actually hurt my soul to work so hard to create this opportunity for so many people half of which were so unfunny that I knew like for the sake of my brand it's very important that people know what I feel is funny or not if this is in the name of electric comedy because there's moments where that had to happen in order for me to feel this way. Dudes going up on the stage in Utah telling 10 minutes of jizz jokes, bro, read the room. Like I cannot, 
I wasn't hosting the show either. So nobody really knew how I had to feel about that. They right. just, you know, like, and I don't like to apologize for stuff like that either because it had nothing to do with me. But in a sense, my brand is aligned for it. So right. never again, like if it's an electric comedy show, I will host it. If it's Electric Comedy Presents at the Electric Comedy Festival, I will host that one good show. But aside from that, um, it's important for the creator, the producer of a project to have their eyes on all aspects of the project to make sure shit's running smoothly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, I mean, definitely, you know, that's the most surefire way to, you know, you want to set a tone. I mean, there's all these sort of things you could do with, how your flyer looks and like the people you book but I mean if you're hosting it that definitely sets like all right well this is what it is right now you know for me too with electric comedy festival the biggest indicator of doing that or not is having good key high caliber talent what does that mean to you to me I would love to have Dave Chappelle I would love to have Bill Burr and I would love to have Jesus Trejo Mm mm-hmm and then let I, the chips fall where they may. <laughs> I feel like you can, David, you know, I, I'm not going to say that none of them are out of reach. I, I, Jesus, I think you could definitely get. I know I can. I'm actually like, I reached out to him on a DM. He wrote right back. I talked to his manager. He wrote right back. All three of us were talking. And then the agent from CAA hits me up. And then that's when the conversation was like, bro, come on. Don't, you know, like at the end of the day, like, let me speak to Jesus. Okay. Right. I don't want you jumping on last dude in the bandwagon trying to shave off a couple thousand i told the guy i was like bro are you gonna help me sell these tickets because if you do i'm happy to give you the money but what are your promotional efforts here i feel like the little red hen and i'm willing to share my bread with jesus i'm even willing to share with this manager but you you want the whole loaf of bread and i don't know what you're doing here is this you talking to the agent yeah 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 yeah. I mean, you know, do the old school thing, run into, quote unquote, run into Jesus at a show. That's yeah. I'm waiting for the opportunity. My husband films Complex Magazine. Jesus actually got signed on for a third season of Tacos Con Todos right. produced by Bill Burr. So, you know, we're only one degree of separation. I believe in timing, divine timing. And Wait, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Did you go to that complex comedy night at the store? No, I was like, how did we not know about this? How did you not know about that? Thank you. I want to know. I did not know about that until it was already sold out. And mm-hmm. then that's when I they, found out too. Because they didn't announce it. I think like Freddie Gibbs announced yep. it. Yeah. yeah. And and then that that was all the promotion that they needed. But like, I mean, well, good you for you, know? Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a minute till you were on Complex Night. And then I was yeah. like, wait, what? Sold out? Okay, well. Yeah, you guys how, did another? Yeah, yeah. How did you not know it? That's so crazy. I found out on Twitter and then it was sold out. And then I drove past the comedy store and I saw and I was like, huh, okay, cool. Stuff is happening. I think there's an opportunity here. Stuff happens yeah. all the time. And you know what? You just don't think to tell everybody. It just right. goes on. And you got to right. stick your antennas up and catch it. Absolutely. I Let, let me ask you what might be the last question. Um, I hope so. I have to pee so bad. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. You should have let me know sooner, like right on a note card. It it hits me in an instant. Right, right, right. So how would you, um, how would you, if you can, and it's again, I'm finding if you can't define your taste in comedy as like, you know, what you do or like how you are booking electric comedy. 
number one truth. Are you being perfectly honest? Even if it's your own unique perspective, I love the truth, irony, and a really unique perspective. Does that include like people who are absurdist? Because they're true in a different way. (laughs) I don't know if I know anybody I would identify as an absurdist. Like maybe like quirky. Who's an absurdist? Brent Weinbach. You know Brent? Uh-uh. Brent's so so funny. Uh, Johnny Pemberton's a little bit like that. Josh Fadum. I mean, there are certain people that just like. There's this uh, girl out of New York, Rachel Callie. Uh, they don't tell any objective truth in their stand-up, but their the arts, the expression of it is them true self. Their true selves, uh, in so many ways. I'm curious now. I would love to see the execution of that, but I really look for just pure, honest truth. And it's like the lesbian thing earlier made me laugh so hard because that was her pure, honest truth. And it's not who you like. You're not a lesbian, clearly, but it's just so funny and it's abstract. It's deeply unique. And I love it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's the intangible things that just resonate. So that anything else? I mean, I could see that as a guiding principle for sure. I think it's important that you're saying things that matter to the moment. I would love to look back on this in 10, 20 years and just feel so proud that I helped that voice get out there, speak to this moment in history. Right. And I really do like for me, and I'll be perfectly honest with you as a consumer of comedy, I am only laughing like 25% of the time. like deeply vocally laughing most of the time I'm really into the message and I want to know you're saying something that you care about and that we as an audience care about together right absolutely yeah absolutely uh I think those are sort of great the great points to, to be on a rubric of um you know booking and going forward with you know your uh your taste in comedy uh, I could delve into a longer discussion about that, but I know you have to uh, relieve yourself. So we, <laughs> we, will, we, we will call it here. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, what, is there anything else you would like to promote, Val? Thank you. You can find me personally at Val DeRoe and all of my comedy productions at Electric Comedy Night. We're always looking for fresh voices. Don't at me, bro. And don't slip in that obscure file of the DMs that means you're not following me, but you're asking me for shit. Don't do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do not do that. You can email electriccomedynight at gmail.com your best, and we will give it a real honest assessment and if we don't choose you it's not because you're not funny it's because i am dealing with an extremely sensitive audience in southern utah and it's what's gonna help me have longevity in this game what's gonna make these people buy tickets to come back again you're also you got your own taste you know yeah i mean thank you i i always parse it like this that you know if you make money doing comedy is living so objectively you're funny does that mean i think that you're funny no but yeah. you you're, you are funny in a global sense i don't think you're funny rick ingram obviously very funny he makes his entire living off of, the, of comedy uh roasting people at the audience at the comedy store um yeah. you could hold a gun to my head and <laughs> t- and like say you think rick's funny and i'm like pull the trigger man okay well now that we're doing the dish burt kreischer not funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. 
I respect that he has a work ethic that's made a name for himself and people like him. Is it is it him being shirtless? Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's the belly. It makes me feel better about myself. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair, 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 fair. Um, well, that's, that's, that's all, that's all good to know. I, uh, I am Jake Roger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau, across socials. So many good causes to support this time. So a, a litany of things for Ukraine, uh, the people of Ukraine, uh, go find those online and support those. But if you have money and generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau uh, yeah. because I've been running it for over 11 years. And uh, do you have anything to say as we sign off here, Val? Jake, 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 Jake. Love it. Oh my gosh. Uh, comedy of all kinds is still uh, happening. Uh, please support. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.